Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the Rocket City because of its close association with the U.S. space mission. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high-tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down and talk with Emmanuel Edwards, owner of the Goody Vault, located in downtown Huntsville, which is a secondhand vintage store specializing in militaria, sportswear, and American workwear. This episode is sponsored by Offbeat Coffee Studio. Offbeat Coffee Studio is a local coffee shop located at Kipos 805 in Huntsville, Alabama, that specializes in offering unique craft coffee. I love Offbeat because of its inviting atmosphere. If you're new to coffee or coffee enthusiast, there's something for you. The baristas allow you to ask questions or recommendations, and while you wait for your cup of coffee, you can check out their incredible selection of vinyl records. Go check out Offbeat Coffee Studio today. This episode is sponsored by Fowl Design. Fowl Design is a local clothing brand focused on bringing hometown freshness to shirtless souls. They offer creative t-shirts, hats, koozies, and so much more. I love Fowl Designs because of its ability to make something so familiar so fun and exciting. From I like big spring ducks and I cannot lie to egg beater Jesus, you are bound to find something for you. Check out their website today at fowldesign.com. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Emmanuel Edwards. I am a vintage dealer. I call myself that uh, <laughs> since I do this now. And um, yeah, I've been doing this uh, since 2018. I'm just collecting uh, vintage clothing and I'm trying to provide people with a different experience, um, some unique clothing. So that's what I'm doing. Are you originally from Huntsville or did work or family bring you here? So originally I'm from Chicago, Illinois. So I moved here when I was younger. Um, my mom wanted to change the scenery, and my brother was attending Oakwood University, so um, we relocated down here. Um, so it's been—I've been here, yeah, since what 1996 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what kind of work did you do before you started the Goody Vault? So, so I'm, I'm, I actually still work for um, the Department of the Army right now, um, but I've always carried like an entrepreneurial type spirit with me. So, um, in 2018, I decided to, you know, after my job start you know exploring and, and seeing what i can come up with has the passion for thrifting always been a thing or when did you think about actually selling your own products that you would find in the stores so i was telling somebody last week unclaimed baggage like messed me up you know i love <laughs> i mean everybody loves unclaimed baggage so i started like you know going there just playing around over the years and it kind of branched off to me really getting into thrifting you know different locations not as publicized as unclaimed baggage and I just took off from there, man. It's just a lot of fun, just putting your hands on like clothing and stuff that's old, you know. And a lot of the styles and things that we have now are pretty much inspired off of vintage clothing. So it's one of those things I, I like to go back to the source, you know, where things started. I know that thrifting itself has kind of become more of a fad now. I probably back when you went when you first started doing thrifting, you could find a lot of cool stuff at stores, and it was easy to find a lot of stuff. Has has the dynamic of thrifting changed since you first began? Um, I would say it's pretty much the same. It's really, it's, it's based on the person who's thrifting. What are you looking for and what do you know about the clothing? You know, some people, you know, they're in it just to get a $2 t-shirt or something like that. But I'm kind of diving a little deeper now. I want to know, you know, I'm looking at the tags, trying to, you know, place the a date on the garment and, you know, just find stuff that you don't normally see, you know. How has your knowledge of the, the garments and like the dates and stuff like that. How have you been able to grow that skill over this time? Is nice. it something that you like figured out on your own or something you had to Google or what? So yeah, every, yeah, you got, you got to Google stuff, you know, <laughs> but truthfully, man, I, um, it's a lot of people that 
that have inspired me to to really dive into this stuff. So I I learn from them. You know, if they're doing it, guess what? I need to be doing it too. So I'm you know looking at their pages on IG, following who they follow, getting the books they get. You know, you <laughs> see the books over there. Like so, I've started like really collecting that stuff to just to get a deeper knowledge of vintage and and you know appreciate um, you know well made stuff. So you said that you do this, uh, the Goody Vault on the side right now. Yeah. Um, once you began the process of kind of, feel, of of realizing that you could have your own store and like this idea of the Goody Vault, how long did it take until you opened up this location? And did you start selling your products out of your house prior to this? So, so like I said, um, I started in 2018. Um, I started on a site called Grailed. Amazing site, you know, secondhand place, marketplace where, you know, it's pretty much for menswear and they sell all kinds of stuff on there. So once I... Um, started selling on there actually sold to the to one of the co-founders of the site after that it, it, I, I figured out who he was I was like oh crap like I really got something <laughs> so you know I really started collecting and um, I had a friend um, his name is Rasheem Pittman he owns um, Denisio's Closet handmade suits really nice suits he's actually in here um, so I would come here and visit him and we'll talk and I said man you know I'm thinking about coming in here and he you know he told me hey why not and, you know, it really t- it really just takes that somebody giving you that idea, you know, you know, really positive, you know, optimism type of stuff. You know, once he said that, I was like, you know, why not? So um, in October of last uh, 2019, I, I, I got a spot in here. So it's been fun ever since. Has the name always been good, the Goody Vault or did you have other names in mind before the Goody Vault became a thing? Uh, yeah, it started off Goody Vault, man. The truth is, it's like if you want to do something and in my case... I mean, I was waiting around months trying to figure out a name, trying to think. I'm like, look, I need to get started. And I was like, look, this is corny. But I was like, I like goods. And it's a vault. Like, you come unlock the vault. You know, you come find, you know, that amazing piece or whatever it is in the vault. So, I don't know. I kind of ran with that. <laughs> I mean, like, as as far as anyone that hasn't visited here, it is it has that vault atmosphere. I mean, you, you, co- you show up into the basement of the location and you're like, okay, is there actually stuff down here? And you open up the door and it's like... Plenty of goods. You could be shopping for days, it seems like, in here. Is the location you. that you always thought of, did you envision it to be this location? Or did you just see the Goody Vault as being, it could be anywhere, it just had to look like this? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, honestly, it's like when I started, I didn't know how it would look exactly. I just knew I wanted a, a place where you come in and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. You know, it kind of take you to a different place. Um, so, yeah, man, um I mean, coming here, I, once I looked around and, you know, in the Clean Row shops, this kind of fit my aesthetic. And I was like, OK, this has got to be it, you know, with the old brick wall in here and everything. So I just kind of built from there. And I guess once I started, I really started to visualize like, OK, now I know what kind of look I'm going for. You talked about how um, the push that your friend gave you to kind of start this was a big uh, motivator in getting it started, and you were just kind of taking it along. Uh, I know a, a lot. Sometimes you get kind of people that doubt you and, and and the abilities that you kind of think of this dreaming big. How did you filter out the people with the negativity, and then kind of use his positivity that your friend would give you to kind of develop into this so quickly? Good question. Um, truthfully, man, I, I kept it to myself. I didn't tell everybody. You know, it's like it's like a piece of you really that you're revealing to people and you have to be careful doing that. And I had experiences before where you tell people something that you're really passionate about, that you're thinking about, and they might not be intentionally like bashing your dream, but they really are. 
So um, I kind of kept it close hold and I kind of only shared it with people that I knew would would kind of motivate me, would push me forward. So, you know, it, it, all it took was my friend Rashim saying, why not? You know, so that's why I'm here now. You talked about always having an entrepreneurial mindset. Did you ever think you would actually own your own store or like, it'd be thrifting involved with it? Or did you think you were just going to one day do something more entrepreneurial than your day-to-day job? Yeah, man, I always knew that I would do something. Um, I didn't know that I would, that thrifting and just searching for stuff, you know, kind of that hunt would turn into this. But I always knew um, that I would eventually start my own business. Um, I studied business undergraduate and graduate school. So I was like, hey, I got to do something, you know, like to go to school and to learn something and not actually put that knowledge to use is, is kind of a waste, you know. Um, and it's really been an amazing journey so far, actually taking that book knowledge and theory and all this stuff and having to figure it out in real life. It's two different things. You talk about kind of finding books that people that are doing this now are, uh, recommend so you get more knowledge. What has been the biggest thing that you've had to learn along this journey that you didn't know prior? First thing is to be humble. Um, you know, whatever you're doing, you have a lot to learn. You know, like nobody comes out the gate. Oh, and you just know everything. You, you're you're humble. You're humble enough to ask people questions, to ask people for opportunities. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think about this? You know, can I get a shot at it? You know, just just asking people. So that's like a huge thing that, you know, is that humble aspect coming, approaching things with that humility um, and just being thirsty just to learn more. You know, um, that's another thing. And the last thing I would say is, you know, you have to mimic those those individuals that are doing the stuff you want to do until you can develop your own style. So um, I think that's been a big part as well. People that I look up to, these guys that have amazing showrooms in France and New York, all these places, London, I'm, I'm following them and I'm kind of taking cues from them so I can curate mine in my own way. How have you tried to set Goody Vault apart from other places locally or uh, that you follow or anything like that? How are you trying to set Goody Vault apart from them? Nice. Um, I guess one big core belief of the Goody Vault is, you know, trying to make a difference in the community. Um, I'm grateful and fortunate uh, to where I am in life, but, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of everyone that sacrificed for me, that gave me a chance, that deposited something positive in me. So if you go on my website, I have Goody Initiatives. You can see some of the community service type of things that I'm involved in that the good evolves involved in just to make a difference, you know, and I don't, I don't feel like you have to do this, you know, these huge grandiose acts. It could be a small thing, a donation here, mentoring here, you know, just trying to make a difference and, you know, influence people in the right way. Besides kind of starting your own business and being entrepreneurial, what interested you the most about being your own boss? Mm, I don't know. I guess it's just exciting. Everybody's not that way. Some people are fine working for somebody else for the rest of them, their lives, you know, but truthfully, man, I'm a creative person. Like, um, my father's an artist. My mom was an artist as well. She did hair, but it's a different form of art. And it's, I've been around it all my life. And I always just, you know, the, the, I just wanted to dive into that creativity a little bit more, you know? So, um, yeah, this is how I, how I do that. <laughs> Being your own boss also often means you have to make tough decisions. How do you go about these decisions to ensure the best possible outcome? Hmm. Man, that's a good question. I really, man, look, I try to like 
pay my tithe first of all you know everybody doesn't believe in that but you know that's what i do um i pay my tithe ask god for guidance you know and just try to do good to people and and learn you know um i mean it's it's a lot of it's a sacrifice when you want to exercise an idea or try something out so i just really try to to learn from other people be diligent and trying to do the right thing and you know it it comes back to you so I know that you've kind of gotten in the community. You talk about how you got in, in, initiatives that you've been a part of to being in the community. Uh, I know one of your biggest um, uh, locations that you've kind of done pop-up shops at has been Offbeat. How has Offbeat location of doing a pop-up shop there helped spread the word about the Goody Vault? Yeah, um, man, those those people are, all, man, they're great. All of them are great. All the employees, Kyle, uh, Drew, everybody's great over there. Um, yeah, so... I, that was my first pop-up and I, I guess offbeat is special to me because again it takes that one person or or people that say hey they'll give you a shot you know so they're like hey you can do a pop-up over here um and i had my first one i was nervous as heck you know i'm <laughs> like oh man like i hope people like what i'm doing you know and it it went better than i thought of course i was you know was a little hard on myself a little critical but that's um it, I really was able to build a lot of confidence from that one experience. So now we're friends, and I mean, we we throw bounce ideas off of each other, we motivate each other, and it's just been a really special thing because you know coffee shops are are really key locations in communities. You know, places where people meet. You know, creatives talk. You get ideas. You you know you learn about what's happening in the city. So man, it's been really um, it's kind of accelerated my growth and my confidence being able to work with them and build this relationship. You talk a lot about how you've had key people in your life that's kind of geared you towards what you're doing now. Uh, is there a moment that you can think of where you were doing your own uh, normal day-to-day job and at the flip of the switch, you were like, I'm going to do this idea that I've never thought this was going to be something I would be able to do, but I'm going to do it. Like, is there like a key moment that you can think yeah. of? Like, it's like it was that moment that the Goody Vault became a thing. Yeah, um, I, sh- I shared this story before. Um, <laughs> a good friend of mine, you know, we were just catching up at work. We we're talking. And, um, you know, I, I was pretty excited to tell him, hey, man, I finished my MBA, man. I'm done. You know, he's like, oh, congratulations. What's next? I was like, oh, shoot. And I really, I, truthfully, I, you know, you rehearse and you think you know what's next, but that wasn't in my gut. And I was like, man, I don't, you know, I really didn't have a response. He was like, hey, man. You got to create. You got to do something. Use what you've learned. You know, kind of do something. What's what's next? So, man, I, I was. I guess I was embarrassed not having a response. You know, um, yeah. So I started the good after that. I had <laughs> I had to do something. I already had the ideas, but that was like the motivation. Like, no, I'm not gonna be a slacker. <laughs> I gotta do something. You talked a little bit about some of the things you've had to know uh, that you didn't know prior to starting this business that you know now. Um, a lot of people that I talk to talk about how as a owner or as a small business owner, you have a you have a lot of different hats that you wear as being your own boss. I mean, yeah. you're, you're from construction to business to this, that, or the other. Is there a hat that you wear now that you didn't know very much about as far as running the business as a whole that now you're trying to become more fluent on? Mm, man, so... I thought I was good with like connecting with people and everything like that. But I think for me, that was one thing I really had to realize the importance of. And um, I guess through my relationship with Offbeat, I had I really was able to see that, like, if you don't know people, if you're not building relationships with people, you can forget it. You know, they don't know who you are. They don't know what you stand for. And I mean, 
that you could be doing the great, the best thing in town, but they don't know you, you know? So I think building relationships, um, getting outside your circle, getting to know people, you know, that that's been the key. And I think, you know, as I, you know, continue to do that, it will just really make more opportunities um, avail themselves. How much of your success thus far would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time? And how much would you contribute to your hard work? Hmm. I think, first of all, everything is hard work. That's the first thing. Um, you're going to have to sacrifice sleep, um, your time, um, your money, even relationships sometimes, you know, because you have a dream, you know, unless you're not that serious about it. You know, um, I would say the hard work is probably, oh, man, I would say that's 90 percent, bro. And I think being in the right place at the right time, the idea I've always carried this stuff with me. You know, it's always been there. Um, so I get that 10 percent to like people like those two guys I just mentioned, you know, just giving me that reminder like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, go for it. Why not? You know, so I think the 90 percent will be hard work and the 10 percent will be being in the right place at the right time. It seems to me that a lot of these skills that you say that you've kind of um, gained starting this business and like the dream of this business has been always something that you've had in you. You just needed the right person and the yeah. right timing to do it. It might not have been something that you thought was going to happen at a certain time, but you knew it was always going to happen at some point. Yeah. You just had to, the timing is perfect and it wouldn't have happened any better if it was any earlier or later kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it, it's super interesting to see just how how things work out like that and like people that are put in your place at the right time that just work, make it perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, looking back over your journey and starting this company, would you ever imagine it would be what it is today and that you would have met the people you have? You know, I never doubted myself. Um, I think the biggest hurdle is just starting, you know, beginning the process. Um, so even now, guess what, man? I, I don't know how big this is going to be, but I know I'm going to keep, you know, working at it one day at a time, building those relationships. So, dude, the sky is really the limit. Like, I'm I'm pretty hype about it. I mean, even now, like, I'm super grateful. I mean, to even be on, you know, this podcast right now, Beyond Rockets, um, and just the people I've been able to share my vision with and my passion with. Man, this is so much fun, dude. Like, I, I love it. How can people connect with you and support you in what you're doing with the Goodie Vault? Um, so if you're not already doing it, you need to follow the Goodie Vault's Instagram. That's like my main way of like, you know, posting stuff, ideas. Um, and that's um, at the at Goodie Vault, G-O-O-D-Y-V-A-U-L-T. Um, I also have a showroom page. You'll see it on the page. Um, or you can just make an appointment, you know, come by the shop or visit our website, uh, thegoodievault.com. Um, you know, just check it out. I mean, the main thing, I, hey, I want to get to know you, get to know me. You want to see some vintage? I got it in here, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I'm constantly getting stuff. I just got packages this morning. I got a jacket, 1950s, some pants from the 50s. So just collecting, you know, really unique stuff to give, you know, my clients an experience and kind of take you to a different you know, place in time. So, yeah, just connect with me. Thank you so much uh, for sitting down and talking with me. I love learning more about the Goodie Vault and the journey it took to get where you are today. And I continue to look forward to the success that the Goodie Vault will have in the future. Thank you so much, man.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed.